0: plenty good room, plenty good room, good room in my father's kingdom, plenty good
1: Good morning, Middle Church. Good morning. There's plenty of good room. Just choose your seat and sit down. (laughs) Welcome. Uh, My name is Bertram Johnson, I am the Minister of Care and Spiritual Development. Thank you for welcoming me in, and it's my pleasure and honor to welcome you, all of you who are here worshiping with us and those who may be watching us online. Uh, We are grateful to be able to come together as the people of God. This is the day that God has made for us and for all people, and there is space, and there is welcome, and there is community and healing here for all of us. Please join me in prayer as we uh, begin our time in worship. Loving, holy... Mother, Father, God of us all, we thank you that you have created a place of welcome and home and safety for us. God, we pray that through this time of worship and fellowship and communion and truth, that we come to see you better and understand who we are being made in your likeness. God, send us out to be light and grace and transformation and justice and healing so that all people know that there is room for them in your reign. We pray these things trusting in all your holy names. Amen. 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 Please stand and join us for our first hymn.
2: Morning, middle. Morning, middle. So there's plenty of good room, but what are you going to do with it? Let's start with a little song. It says, woke up this morning with my mind. We got two more chances. Can we do it? swaying. Don't be afraid to sway. You won't get arrested. It's okay to sway. It's okay to create some movement with your body. Or you could just tap your neighbor or tap your shoulder or tap your fingers. Here we go. It says, ain't no
3: morning everybody, today we have the most wonderful pleasure to participate in one of the most amazing rituals in the church and in religious communities all around the globe um, and we call this ritual baptism. Yes, there they are, that's right, Joshua. <laughs> Baptism means many things to us as we gather here together, from many different traditions. Some of us think of baptism as dying to an old way of life and rising to a new one. We know that we've borrowed this ritual from our Jewish friends who are celebrating Holy Days right now, Shana mm-hmm. Tova. It means also rising to a new life of hope. It means belonging to a community who loves you just as you are as you came through the door, but also wants you to be your best, highest self. And our little ones know that the water represents being washed clean, like in the bathtub, or splashing in puddles outside. And they love the water. They love the water.
4: Beloved, at Middle Collegiate Church, we baptize adults and children because we know that God is the one who acts to claim us. Even when we don't have language to speak of it, or uh, even if we have good screams to speak of it, the psalmist reminds us that God knew us when we were still being formed in our mother's womb.
5: And so today, today we baptize Joshua Philip Lee, standing with his parents and godparents and grandma, as they declare to love Joshua on God's behalf. So mom, dad, and godparents, will you pray for Joshua and teach him the way of love? Will you care for him and shepherd him as God shepherds us? If so, say, we will. Amen. Amen.
1: And middle church, will you pray for Joshua, our little brother here, and be a safe place for him to grow in faith and in confidence of God's grace. If so, say we will. Amen. Let's pray. God, here is Joshua, your son. We ask you to bless him and all in his life and live with your mercy and goodness. Walk with him, shelter him, comfort him. Amen.
3: Amen. I have had the most wonderful pleasure to be in the Wu family house when Eugene is cooking a big meal. This, this man can cook. <laughs> We're happy to be able to have you with us today, kind Eugene. Joshua, can you come say hi? You want to say hi? It's okay. You don't have to. You can stay right there. 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 Okay. gotta know what's happening Joshua it's my pleasure to baptize you in the name of God whom Jesus called daddy in the name of Jesus who welcomed all the children and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is always going to love you and be your friend yay, good job good job Good job. Do you want to go say hello to those people? Do you want Daddy to take you or do you want me to take you? Can you come say hi? Yeah, let's go say hi. Yes, all those kids, let's go. Yes. (laughs) There they are. Yay. Hi. (laughs) This is your baby. (laughs) Oh, look at those people. (gasps) look at those people. Oh, my goodness. They are so glad to see you. I'm so glad to see you. Go you play with your friends. In that
5: case, I'm going to invite all our young and young at heart to join me up on the blanket for a message for all ages. I think Joshua even has some friends with him today that might be coming up with us. Moms, dads, grandparents, guardians, you are so welcome to join our young people too. We are continuing to say at Middle Church, families belong together. And Miss Sarah is bringing a poster that reinforces that message. When we say families belong together, we're talking about the sad reality happening in our country, the fact that we have kids who have come in with their parents, with their families at the southern border of the US, seeking refuge, seeking safety, and those kids and those parents have been separated. Not okay, not okay. When, when I was talking to kids about this earlier this morning, they were even giving thumbs down. They were saying, not okay. So, yeah, you can, you can throw in a thumbs down, Sarah. That's cool. So, We are saying at Middle Church that kids should be with their parents, that it's not okay. We are saying reunite every child. Yes. And as young people with me today, I want to know what you are thinking of and what you're even praying for. Because we have young people who are missing their moms and their dads right now and I want to know if you could pray for these young people who might be your age they might be younger might be a little older but kids praying for kids what would you pray for other kids today I would love some of your ideas and Miss Sarah is going to write them on our protest sign so we have prayers connecting to protest for Reunite Every Child. Do you have any ideas? What would you pray for these kids right now? Oh, you got one. I
6: would just like to say that the longer a child is separated from their parents, Mm -hmm. the worse they would become to sort of grow up and the farther away they drift from their parents. Mm -hmm. And I really think that's sad that children aren't getting the adult help Mm -hmm. from someone like their parents
5: to grow up well. That's so well said. Yes. We got claps and snaps happening for that. You are so right. You like know child psychology, it sounds like. That, yeah, the longer, the more harm is caused. And it's simply unacceptable. So we want to be praying for just the time duration even. And we want that to be shortened. We want every child reunited immediately. Thank you for that. Any other prayer thoughts? Ms. Sarah. I would hope that each and every child knows that wherever they are and whoever they are, God loves them. Mmm. yeah, that no matter what situation these kids may be in right now, God loves them. Yes, Zane? Love. Love. You are my like hit a home run with the word love friend. That summarizes it. Okay, so our protest sign already has some of your prayers on it. For our closing prayer today, can we gather around the sign? Instead of making a circle prayer, can we do like a protest pose facing all these grown-ups, reminding them of this reunite every child message? Eddie, Sarah, do you want to help hold the sign? There we go. Okay. Brooks, Zane, you can pray with me. You can do a posture of prayer, posture of protest. Here we go. Dear Dear God. We thank you. We thank you. That you hear every prayer. That you hear every of, middle kids of middle kids and kids missing their families. And kids missing their families. Right now we pray, right now we pray that we would see every child, see every child re- reunited, reunited with their families. With their families. Amen. Amen. Alright, thank you, young people. Thank you so much. Let's sing Sia Humba. Thank you.
3: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Middle Church. Again, Jackie Lewis. I wanted to uh, highlight a couple of announcements that we have for you. Do you notice that the announcements are on the screen? Technology. Somebody say, amen, technology. Amen, Amen, technology. Half screens, we'll use them. So we're going to try to put our highlights up on the screen for you in this season. Um, So excited about all the different adult education opportunities that you're going to see on Tuesday nights and on in the middle, and a special speaker series that will be happening every every month. every month. Including today. Where's Andrew? Is Andrew here in the room? Where's Gabby? Okay. So everybody who's joining our team, could you come up? I'm trying to point to the all and people are gonna be like, What's up? Come on, come on. Where's Gloria? Is Gloria in here? Can you guys come in? Yeah. Um, we are uh, teaming up. Where, where's where's uh, Catherine Torpy? Are you here? Okay, where's Derek? Okay. <laughs> hey, here's Gloria. Okay. This is some of the posse that is going to be... Come on, Elise. This is some of the posse. Come on, y'all. Come on, everybody. This is some of the posse that's holding it down for you. As we begin our new program year, they're going to tell you their names.
7: I'm Caroline Ainsworth-Hughes. I'm a seminary intern and I'm glad to be here. Yay! I'm Jen place. Hagedorn, also a seminary intern. Yes.
6: I'm Paul Alexander, working on movement building and partnerships. I'm Gloria I'm I do Butterfly.
1: Uh, Bertram Johnson, Minister of Care and Spiritual Development.
5: Hi, I'm Amanda Hambrick-Ashcroft. This is Skyler. Um, I have the honor of working with Rob for the next couple months to transition um, with him as the Minister for Congregational Life. Yay!
3: <laughs> Congratulations.
0: Hi, I'm Derek Harkins, and I have the pleasure and privilege of serving as Minister-in-Residence here at Middle um, as time unfolds. Yay.
5: Hi, everyone. Uh, You've probably seen me around already, but I'm Elise Torelli. I am Middle's Ministry Specialist for Congregational Life. If you're confused by that title, you're not alone. I do a lot of random things around here, but I love being here, so thank you for having me.
6: (laughs) Good morning, everyone. I'm Andrew Wilkes, and I'm honored to be coming under care here at Middle.
3: Yay! Which means free labor from an ordained minister. Come on, everybody.
5: Hello, I'm Sarah Kane. I'm lucky enough to do the K through five programming and upstairs working and playing with our We Care kids are Lizzie, Sandrine, and Cello. And I'm Marta Samuelson, I work with young people. Right. I just wanted to show
3: you some of what happens behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. People who make it happen. Stand up, middle church choir members who are also on staff. We are here for you. Amen? Amen. Thanks, everybody. So with that, please feel welcome home. It's Homecoming Sunday number one. Please look in the bulletin and think of the things that you might want to do, the groups you might want to join, the times you might want to have class, the choir in which you might want to sing, And with that, I give you Rob Stevens for prayer. I'm glad to see you.
4: Good morning, Middle. It's wonderful to see your beautiful faces. Um, On Tuesday night is the 17th anniversary of 9-11, and we are also starting a three-week Bible study, uh, Bertram and I, on the book of Micah. Uh, which is uh, incredibly poignant, um, both for the time we're in and for that anniversary. So uh, an extra incentive, you get to come and meet and hang out with Bertram, uh, but Tuesday night for three weeks, uh, right here in the sanctuary. If you would please find a, a posture of prayer that's comfortable to you as we enter a time of silent meditation and prayer. Oh, Holy Creator, God, we give you thanks for the opportunity to be in your presence this morning. God, you have loved us well. You have loved us into being the people we are. We thank you for the people you've put along the way that are responsible for us. As the drip drop of rain woke us up this morning we came here, we were reminded of the tears of those crying out all over the world. Tears of those crying out from the border, the young people, the children, the parents that have been separated by arbitrary borders. The cries come and we know that the cries signify that something that is, is not of you is happening. And we know from your word that when people cry out, it's really you crying out. And so we hear the tears of those in South India with the flooding. Those across Asia with earthquakes and tsunamis. Tears of those we lost on 9-11, which we marked this week. Even as we remember that pain and hurt unmetabolized becomes hate and destruction, as we remember the tears of those in the Middle East that have faced bombing and war ever since, growing up scared of the heavens. So God, we are also reminded in the midst of all of this, what James Weldon Johnson said, that we have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We ask God that you give us the strength to not let those tears go wasted to not let that pain go wasted, that they may nourish a resistance and a prophetic vision that will offer a counter to what is happening, that will be a bomb in Gilead. We ask that this generation of us who are here, who have been called by your name, by our names, will stand in the gap We'll stand for those pains and sufferings. We'll take them, cry, and then get back up to do your work, creating healing, love, and justice in the world. We pray all of these things in your mighty, loving, and tender names. Amen. Amen. If you'll please rise as you are able and hold hands as you are willing as we say the Lord's Prayer in whatever version or language you so choose. Ever loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The church say amen. amen now please pass the peace of God to your neighbors and friends
0: and scatter the good seed on the land. But it is fed and watered by God's almighty hand. He sends the snow in winter, the warmth to swell the grain, the breezes and the sunshine, and soft, refreshing rain. The seasons and the harvest, our life, our health, our food. No gifts have we to offer, for all thy love imparts. But that which thou desirest, our humble, thankful heart.
8: good morning friends our scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark the seventh chapter beginning with verse 24 listen now for a word from God from there Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre he entered a house and didn't want anyone to know he was there Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him. And she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon left your daughter, so she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. A word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
3: Thank you, John. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm so glad to see you. You look good. Did you have a good summer? Did you have a good summer? All right. I had a great summer. Um, I had two weeks of staycation, workation, kind of lining up sermons. And then John and I got to go to the beach fee. Our our granddaughter brought her parents to the beach. We thought that was very kind of her. Um, And this last uh, few days, we had a chance, uh, John and Christina, Edna, Darren Johnston, and I to travel to El Paso. And if the beach was profoundly relaxing, El Paso was life-changing. Uh, being on the border was remarkable. And you'll be hearing more about that from all of us. We worked with a group called Hope Border Institute. So clergy and lay people from all over the country, about 40 of us, were gathered together to do some investigation and hear some stories. and so. Um, You did that, middle family. Thank you so much for sending us and we'll keep telling you about our transformation. Will you say a prayer with me? God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as I pray that uh, the words that I say will be meaningful to us, we ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Mark is telling a story about Jesus and he's just uh, been yelling at the Pharisees, uh, talking to them about their hypocrisy. They're worried about how people wash their hands and what do they do to put clean things in their mouth and Jesus is saying it doesn't matter what goes in your mouth, it matters what comes out of your heart. What comes out of your heart is what defiles you, which is what makes you unclean. And now Jesus is using a food metaphor in his conversation with a woman, a Gentile woman, a Syro-Phoenician woman, a foreign woman, who desperately needs Jesus' help. Her daughter is sick, and she wants him to heal her. And Jesus refuses, and you heard John read it, he compares this woman to a dog, like Trump and Amorosa, like an offensive moment, and the woman persists and says even the dogs deserve the crumbs under the table, the children's crumbs. Now look, I didn't write this gospel, and I don't know who Jesus' PR agent was, but I'm thinking that that person didn't fight for this text to stay in the canon. There's no way to pretend Jesus does not look good here. And in fact, this text is so troubling Over time, over centuries, Christian theologians and authors and writers have tried to figure out how to get around this. Thomas Aquinas says, I'm just gonna use a funny voice because it's funny, Jesus delays his grace to test the faith of the woman, to prove the value of persistent prayer. Aquinas wants to argue that Jesus withheld his healing power to teach the woman how to pray more fervently. Or other theologians argue that God has an agenda for Jews to be first and Jesus just doesn't want to step outside of God's plan. This woman is in crisis. This woman is in trouble. This woman's child is suffering, she's suffering. This woman needs immediate help. We can't, we can't scholarize away. Jesus is no in that moment. So why would Mark write this story? What's he trying to do? He's not trying to impress us because it's not impressive. Yes, right. (laughs) What is he doing here? I think he's trying to tell us something about Jesus, something about the human one, something about the son of humanity, something about Mary's baby, Joseph's son, something about this particular person in a particular moment in time, even Jesus, Mark is saying, in his humanity, even Jesus is subject to the longing for the safety that we find in our own tribe. Even Jesus, even Jesus is looking for the comfort of his own clan. Jesus raised in a time of occupation when the Roman Empire's squashing the lives of all of his people. Even Yeshua, then Joseph. In an in and out moment, which is what happens to us when we're in a time of crisis or trauma or stress or catastrophe, we're in the stick with your own kind, one of your own kind modality. Even this one, when resources are scarce, when times are hard, when power corrupts our ability to see the other as ourselves, we, the best of us and the worst of us, will steal land, will kidnap people, will reject the stranger because they're not like us, we cannot clean up this story. We just have to look straight at it and see a woman in trouble, her child ill, needing help, and Jesus saying no at first. We met a woman like this woman. We who had paid our 50 cents and walked over the bridge from El Paso to Ciudad Juarez. We who had walked all day and moved over the territory and Facebook lived and bore witness to what was happening on our way back, back into the United States, back across the border. Most of us at the pass, court place all ready to go and a young woman named Ilka notices a woman crying on the border. Her name was Katerina. Katerina. There on the border, there on the bridge crying with her boy Juan with another baby inside her four months pregnant crying because just like Jesus said no those men on the border said no. They said no doing their jobs. They said no to young guys because there was no room for her, they said, in the detention center. To let her in would be to put her in more jeopardy, more jeopardy than being outside in the cold in the night, hungry. They said no. So Ilka, a Mexican young woman just out of college whose German name means warrior woman, ran up to the Border crossing and grabbed a bunch of us, clergy, lawyers, took us back down to Catarina to stand with her, she who had been rejected. Como se llama? I said in my fourth grade Spanish. Me llamo Catarina. Quieres un abrazo? Would you like a hug? And she falls into my arms crying. And we listen for her story and we try to figure out what to do and we're being told by the young men that they're going to go get their supervisor and suddenly supervisors come like SWAT people jumping over the fence and brandishing their blackjack and putting on their gloves ever so subtly like it's about to be a throwdown. And I'm convinced that it was about to be a throwdown. It was escalating, they were escalating. Who's talking? Who's talking? Only one person can talk. Everybody else shut up. But my name is... No. Can you hear me? Do you understand? Nobody else talks. You. You talk. That's me. You talk. Give me your card. What's this all about? I mean anger. I mean the kind of anger that's happening because people are so angry and polarized and everything just moves so fast. I think tone of voice, I think prayer, I think the spirit of God hovering, but things turned down and ultimately they let Katarina and Juan and the baby inside her go inside the detention center. We won't know if she stayed, we won't know if she got released, we won't know, but at least one night she slept warm. Why did Ilka run to get us to go stand with Katerina, just one woman on the bridge, crying? She didn't have to do that. But Ilka knows what I know to be true. If Katerina is a dog, then we're dogs. If Katerina is a dog, then we're all dogs. Because we're all God's people. And Ilka knows what Jesus came to know, came to know, is that God's grace and healing is not reserved for any clan or tribe. There are no chosen people. We're all chosen by the God of mercy and grace who loves us and wants us well. Somebody say amen. And If Katerina and that Syrophoenician woman are dogs, then let us be like Ilka, bulldogs. Let us be bulldogs. Let us pray the fervent prayers. Let us run to put our bodies on the line. Let us move ourselves and our resources to stand with the vulnerable and the marginalized because to Toda la gente, did I say that right? Todas las gentes are we and todos somos migrantes. The only people in this room that didn't immigrate to this place are like me and Bertram and Cheryl. and Those of us who came under force, somebody say amen. The rest of us, except for the Native American of us, are all those people who came looking for a homeland, who want shelter and comfort and asylum and a better life for their children. We've got to, we've got to be bulldogs then. Like Sister Mary Skulia, who in 1976 started a program called Project Home, And her theme is, ain't nobody home till all of us are home. Not exactly like that, but nobody's home until all of us are home. Opening up her doors for homeless people in Philadelphia. Or like Mike, who we met in El Paso, a beautiful, long-haired Native American man who was a special ops soldier in El Salvador. And he knows what we know if we know our history. We made that hot mess in El Salvador. And he now opens up his house, so migrants, refugees can come in and find sanctuary. He calls it doing reparations. I call it being a bulldog. Or like Ilka, whose mother sent her into El Paso, as a young person, sacrificing their closeness to give her a better life. And now she's back in Ciudad Juarez, driving every day to the border, walking, sometimes five minutes, sometimes an hour, through checkpoints, through fences, erected by people who took all the land, The land that was Mexico, that was Mexico, took it, annexed it, and then built walls around it and dared to want to keep the people out of their homeland. She crosses that border every day for work, through the fences, to make life better for the people on the other side. She's a bulldog, that girl. Friends, I'm not saying we shouldn't have borders. Don't go home and say, Jackie said we shouldn't have borders. We've got to have borders, I I think. But what kind of borders do we have? And how do we say no to the people who are looking for posada, who are looking for asylum? How do we reject the rejected? How do we live with ourselves when we do that? Let me tell you that this is why we do what we do. We do what we do. We set this multiracial, multicultural, love is love is love place because we need borders like this. This is la frontera. It's <laughs> always es la frontera. When you walk past the black church and come to this church, when you walk past the Chinese church and come to this church, when you miss all the white churches and come sit in this place, in this space, where you bump up against each other and see the difference of each other and learn each other's stories and are transformed by each other's stories, this is why we do this. This is why we go to Puerto Rico. This is why we're going to the border. This is why we march down Fifth Avenue. This is why we do the racial, economic, gender Justice that we do because we need fronteras like this one. Theodore Roosevelt, Thomas Jefferson, these so called founding fathers trafficked in, brokered in white supremacy. Our nation was built on the lie called white supremacy, and we know it's a lie. We know it's a lie, and we're disrupting that lie every day that we decide to love each other. Every day. Necesitamos fronteras. Como eso, fronteras. In this church, in our classrooms, in the marketplace, at work, in the world, outside the door, we've got to touch each other, love each other, so we can be changed, transformed by each other into the body of Christ. What would Jesus do? He would make a mistake. He did. What would Jesus do? He'd be bound by his culture. He'd be bound by his clan. he He'd be a product of his history and his story. And then, a close encounter of the holy kind hooked him up, changed his life. That's why they put the story in there. So we know, we who will fall, will get back up again and do it right. Amen. Amen.
7: Jackie, thank you for your tone of voice to the border agents and showing compassion and vulnerability to the weeping at the border. Um, There are four of us who went the last few days to El Paso and we can feel it in our very bones. Um, On Thursday, we were at the University of Texas in El Paso in a group of about 300 and a nursing mother took the stage And she reminded us that family separation did not start recently. She said she hadn't seen her mother in 10 years. And her mother had left uh, the United States to take care of her dying father 10 years ago and couldn't come back to the United States. So she hadn't yet met this nursing, this baby she was nursing. And you could feel her whole story in all of our bones. The next day was Friday, and we went to the border. And the border is about 40, where we went, the, the bars were about 40 feet high, and there are four um, border patrol trucks taking pictures of us and driving back and forth, and a helicopter monitoring us, above us. So it's highly militarized. And um, this same woman came to the border, and across the gate, the, the bars, was her mother. And she reached out and touched her mother for the first time in 10 years. Um, we want to remember that from the, I think it was the 1940s to 1985, migration across this border happened with a wink and a nod. So Mexicans would come up to work, and they'd start in the north, and they'd work farms from the north to the south for about eight months. And then they'd go and celebrate with uh, religious holidays with their families at the end of the year. So the militarization of the border is new in the last 30 years. And what Middle Church does is we put our bodies there. We put our bodies where there is racial injustice. We show up where there is economic injustice to share the stories so that they'll get in all of our bones. And when you become a member of Middle Church, you open your hearts to either remember your own story, which might be your story, or learn stories that you haven't heard before. So I invite you to um, join the church if you haven't. If you are an amazing member of the choir but might not join the church, haven't joined the church yet, or if you just walked in and you're visiting from France or um, from Michigan, you can join our global movement for equality and justice and God's Holy Spirit imagination um, right up here. It's very quick. Or um, we'll take, uh, we'll have the gift of sharing our offering soon. And your energy, your energy of funds, funds education all year round. Because I realized when I was sitting in this group of 40 people from around the country who came to the border, their churches are not talking about um, how uh, these racial injustice and these criminalizations of brown bodies, how they overlap with Native Americans, with Hispanics, with Black Lives Matter. And you do a powerful thing through you showing up and being a part of this community. And so through your offering and your energies, we thank you for how you're shifting the story.
6: great spirit who flows through all of us, who is in us all right now and will never leave us nor forsake us, no matter what. Continue to empower us and love us and love through us, this entire universe, this entire world, the people we can touch right now, right next to us, the folks we are with every day and our very selves transform us into love, heal our prejudices, just like you healed Jesus's. Thanks for that. And yes, she said it, heal our racisms and sexisms and genderisms, our nationalisms, classisms, and discriminations of all kinds, and help us live into and embody every second of our lives the love who you are and who you enable us to be in the many names and manifestations of love, of God, of the Spirit who flows through the universe and through us, a hey, woman.
3: <laughs> when they sing the death can't you? you just have to stop and listen. Um, Branch and Jocelyn, yourselves were stunning today. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, guys, Tuesday, it'll be 17 years since 9 11 happened to us here, but it's, it's centuries of this stuff, guys. The stuff, the stuff with the Sirenetian woman. The stuff with the Syrophoenician Roman is the stuff with the Jews and the Romans is with the stuff with the Palestinians is with the black and the white and the Latino and the intra hatred among human beings. It's the same stuff. I'm glad we have a Jesus who's human enough to make a mistake. So I don't have to feel horrible when I make one. But I can be mentored into love. I can be mentored into love by the love one, the one who loves us. So this is our project, guys. This is what we're doing this year. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do race. We're gonna do class. We're gonna talk ethnicity. We're gonna put ourselves in more conversations, more education so we can just you know, whip racism in the butt. Are you up for that? Just kick a little racism butt, okay? That's what we're gonna do. I love you. You are beloved, and you are the change. So go and be love everywhere.